Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Joe Castellano from thesportsvirus.com. Welcome to the Inside China Basin San Francisco Giants baseball podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Featuring players like all-star catcher Buster Posey. It's about, you know, just going out and, and trying to have passion for the game that I've loved since I was a kid. Inside China Basin is brought to you by Sun First Solar, known for delivering solar excellence since 1984 and recently voted best solar company in Marin County. We're also brought to you by TPC Harding Park, the only public golf course in San Francisco, offering golfers the opportunity to play where the pros play. Coming up, we're going to talk to former KNBR radio talk show host Ray Woodson, who also joins me on the Dubs OT Warriors podcast. But first, I want to tell you about my favorite golf course, TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. TPC Harding Park is now open and accepting tee times at tpc.com slash Harding Park. And TPC Harding Park is also pleased to announce the 2020 PGA Championship has been rescheduled for August the 3rd through the 9th. For additional information, visit tpc.com slash Harding Park or feel free to contact 102PGA at pgahq.com. A week ago today, identical twin girls were born um, that my wife and I are adopting. And the adoption actually became official yesterday afternoon. Um, and my wife, myself, and our older children are just um, <clears throat> overwhelmed with joy to welcome them to our family, to love them unconditionally, um, and just, just share life with them. Um, the twins were born prematurely. Thank God they are doing really well, um, but they're going to have to be in the NICU for quite some time. Um, and after much discussion with my wife and doctors, and a decision that I've wrestled with um, quite a bit um, since I knew that this adoption was on the table, um, I've decided to opt out of the 2020 baseball season. Um, we feel this is the best decision for these babies um, and, and for our family as well. That is Buster Posey making the announcement on Friday that he's opting out of the 2020 season. And Ray Woodson joins us now. Ray, thanks a lot for coming on to talk about it. Uh, first of all, how are you doing? And uh, how did this news that uh, we got from Posey strike you on Friday? I'm doing fine, Joe. Thank you. Um, you know, as, as far as my health issues, everything's going well. Just had a checkup and it was very positive. So we're moving forward. In this day and age, I have to be very careful, though, uh, as, as we all should be, but especially people who are in high-risk categories, and that's what I tweeted out the other day. You know, on behalf of anybody who's in a high-risk category, please wear a mask. Uh, you know, it's to protect other people as, to well, as well as yourself, and if you don't do it for us, do it for a loved one, do it for a family member. And, you know, in the end, that's what Buster Posey is thinking of. He's thinking of family first, and... With all the great accomplishments of his career, Joe, I'm serious when I tell you, he may have done nothing more important than what he did in taking that stand yesterday. Uh, you know, it delivers a very strong message of what he values and what we should all value. Yeah, we'd love to get out there and play the game, and, you know, they're trying to move forward with this. Uh, I still have my doubts that we'll talk about, but he showed where his priority 
is, and you know, I, I think it's a message to all of us of what what's most important here is safety, and you know, especially those who are more vulnerable in our population. Care about them first. We can deal with other issues later on, but first, we got to live to fight another day, and and that's been my mindset all the way through this. I mean, to me, 2020, as far as traveling, as far as interacting with other people on a you know, regular basis, it's kind of been written off, but that's the way it is. Uh, you know, the alternative isn't very, very pleasant. Uh, you know, this is real. This virus is real. The threat is real. And if you don't believe that, if you haven't been touched by it yet, uh, I hope you aren't, but the odds are you will be. And that's what Buster's thinking about. He's thinking about those little babies and, you know, showing what his true character is. That statement he made yesterday, uh, I think it's the most important as far as the Giants season, but also the most important of his career because he's setting an example. You know, the stuff he's done on the field, of course, has made millions of people happy over the years. We saw hundreds of thousands of them in the parade three different times in downtown San Francisco, and that was an incredible thing to be part of. And those games were... You know, I mean, just great moments in a, in a lot of people's lives. But in the end, it's about saving lives. And, you know, Buster is making a strong statement about that. Uh, so uh, I think that's something that will resonate as part of his legacy a long time after his playing days are over. Yeah, that was the theme of uh, John Shea's column in the San Francisco Chronicle about how he is actually heightening his legend and maybe some people don't see that way that you know see that way right now but i i definitely think he's heightening his legend as well and what it brings to mind to me ray is you know what does this mean for this baseball season when somebody like buster posey opts out of it and yeah i mean it's for family reasons but when somebody you know has to do that what does it mean for the rest of the guys that are going to try to play this season in less than two weeks well, I think that a lot of players are still mulling that over. And, you know, I tweeted about this several weeks ago, and I think we've discussed it before in this podcast. There are some players out there with family considerations that, uh, you know, earlier on maybe it, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, sort of hitting them in the face as it is now as the season's coming up on them. Uh, maybe for some of them the, the virus was something in the back of their minds and it's become front of mind now. But I, I can tell you there are a lot of players who are agonizing over this because they didn't want to put their families at risk. And they had questions about travel, about how the clubhouse was going to be, how the social distancing was going to be, how masks were going to be used. Other players, especially younger players, maybe didn't see it that way, but when they got to camp and they heard the messaging from managers like Mike Matheny, you know, in Kansas City, I think made a very strong message about this. You know, you've got to consider your families. You've got to consider the state of the game because if, if you know players drop the ball on this, that's it. Season's done, right? If they don't take this seriously, and it, and it may well be anyway. You know, like I said, I have my doubts. How how are conditions going to be in two or three weeks with the, with the virus blowing up in many parts of the country? Uh, is it going to be a possibility that they play and then they have to stop the season? We we don't know what's going to happen a month from now. All, all sorts of possibilities. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot of players out there who have serious family concerns. Buster is, you know, front and center right now, but uh, there are a few other players I noted, such as Wellington Castillo and, and Ryan Zimmerman, who said the same thing. 
Michael Leake of the Diamondbacks, Felix Hernandez of the Braves, Nick Marcakis of the Braves, Michael Kopech of the White Sox, Ian Desmond, David Price of the Dodgers. You know, it goes on and on. And I think with Buster making the stand that he made, I, I think you'll see other players follow suit. Now, a lot of this show, I think for a lot of these veteran players who have money in the bank, it maybe is a little easier decision than it is for a young player trying to get any kind of playing time in the major league level. So they feel a little bit more pressure to get out there, no matter what kind of season we have. But I think for an older player like Buster, uh, in a MacGyver season, that's you know all, all sorts of gadgets are being thrown in there to try to get this to happen. Uh, it might have been a little easier decision. But you know, Buster's walking away from some money too. But I, I don't think that was top of mind in his consideration. I mean, he wanted to play. I think he did. But you know, he's, he's a guy who thinks big picture. Short-term thinking, my dad said, would always get you into trouble. And so here's Buster thinking long-term, and I think a lot of other players working at that way as well. You know, he didn't mention this, but I wonder if the fact that he's a catcher played into it because that would be a vulnerable position with an umpire behind you and a batter right near you. I've always thought, you know, when we're talking about having a baseball season, that would be the vulnerable position. So, you know, it's kind of scary. The numbers uh, weren't that high as far as players that tested positive before we got started. But, Ray, I'd rather see it be zero. I mean, when I hear about Freddie Freeman being ill and, you know, he's out for a while with it, I just – it concerns me that there are any players that have it right now because I would think during the season some more players are going to get it. Yeah, yeah. When you're a catcher, you've got a mask on, but not the one that you really need uh, in this situation. And, yes, you're in close contact with uh, people. And the the latest testing results were 1.8% positive out of more than 3,000 players and staff. And that doesn't sound like a very high percentage, but as we know, this is highly contagious. And people who have forgotten, you know, their math lessons have gotten a lesson in the concept of something being exponential in growth. <laughs> and so that 1.8% can, can change in a hurry, especially when you have a group of people who are interacting with each other. As much as they're trying to distance, as much as they're trying to be careful, you still got people interacting, especially at the plate. So I, I don't know whether that figures into Buster's thinking. Maybe it did. And he, he's a very thoughtful person, and then, you know I'm sure he looked at all all the variables here. But I think for him, the main thing was you know the the, the twins that uh, they adopted who are still in the neonatal intensive care unit. And you know I mean a lot of people who have been around Buster for a long time know that he's kind of close to the vest with the media, but the the guy has a heart. And I think maybe his wife has mentioned that if he wasn't a baseball player, he might end up being a doctor. I mean, this guy was an honor student at Florida State. He's a very bright individual, but he's also a caring individual. And uh, he's in the neighborhood I grew up in, Joe, he's what they call a mensch. And that is a high compliment. We'll have more with Ray Woodson right after this. Jones goes back, back near the wall, shading the sun, and he dropped it. He lost the ball in the sun. Let's put the sun to good use at home with a Sun Power residential solar system. Your Sun Power elite dealer, Sun First Solar, has a wide range of financing options and they provide the finest customer service from start to finish, regardless of size or scope. Sun First Solar offers the highest efficiency systems, newest technology, and the best warranty in the world. Sun First Solar offers the most competitive price while not compromising on quality. 
This summer, let the sun heat your pool and eliminate your energy bill. Don't drop the ball. Call Sun First Solar at 415-458-5870. That's 415-458-5870. And get your sun power solar system today. Well, I mean, you, you think about it uh, in baseball. You go back uh, many years ago. I mean, you couldn't even leave the team to witness the birth of your child. <laughs> and now right. it's different. Times are different, and, and they're better. I mean, you know, th- this is an option that I think every player on the Giants and around Major League Baseball should respect, and uh, and even anybody covering the game, following the game. I know there's going to still be some negativity about it out there, uh, you know, sort of like, you know, you're, you're leaving the team and, and all that. But, uh, y- you know, you can't think that way when you're trying to, like you said, Think about the big picture, and I think it, it's a great example for other players that, um, yeah, baseball is important, but it's not everything. No, and anybody who has a problem with this, that he's hurting the team or whatever in this, you know, this shortened season, I would say reconsider your life priorities. And I don't think there are that many. I mean, we've heard a little bit of uh, uh, guff about it, but not, not a whole lot. And there shouldn't be, you know. This is this is somebody who's making a common sense decision, who understands the science, and and is abiding by that. And I think in the end, he and his family will be better off for it, uh, you know. And come back and play in 2021. We'll see you then. I, I imagine he'll show up from time to time uh, to interact with the team, but it's going to have to be limited, of course. Uh, you know, it's, it's, as far as this whole season is concerned, even if even if they play this, Joe, I've got to tell you, I'm, I'm putting a big old asterisk by it anyway. So uh, whatever decisions players make, uh, I, I don't blame them anyway, just from a common sense perspective, because this shouldn't, this shouldn't influence anybody's assessment of somebody's career or how a manager is doing or how our team is doing, because it's so unusual, and it's going to be very quick, maybe even quicker than we anticipate. I just think, it's, to me, it's a write-off. It'll be nice to see baseball if it can be done safely, but I'm already thinking ahead to 21. Yeah, I mean, look, if you have a team like the Braves, you mentioned three players. Uh, you know, you mentioned Felix Hernandez, Nick Markakis, and Freddie Freeman and right now. I mean, he's not out for the whole season, but you've got players that are dropping that normally wouldn't. Or if a player like Mike Trout opts out, I mean, then it raises mm-hmm. more eyebrows. You know, that, that, that you know a name like Posey, that's huge. A name like Trout, I mean, basically the best player in the game right now, if he opts out, then, you know, yeah, it changes everything for the Angels and even Major League Baseball. I, I agree with you. I, it, You know, I don't like to put an asterisk, but I think for years you just remember that, hey, that season, that wasn't a real season. Yeah, the one question all players are going to be asking is, is it worth it? And if a team gets off to a slow start, I bet you see some people checking out as well. Uh, you know, if a team starts 9-16 and 16 and it's almost half the season, and, and you're 10 games out or eight games out, and you're, you're looking at the landscape and saying, yeah, is this worth risking my health for another 25 or 30 games that may not mean anything? You might see that. You might see some players drop out in the middle of the year. And, and whatever the reasons may be, I don't think anybody should blame them this year. <laughs> I mean, yeah. number one, you have a right to determine your health and, and your well-being and your safety. And so if it means you're walking away from some money or you're not walking away from that much just so people can have some entertainment. Well, sorry. Uh, I I enjoy watching the golf right now, and it seems like they're able to do it safely. 
But that's the only circumstance I want to see it. Otherwise, okay, if there aren't fans in the stands, so be it. That's just the way it is. That's stuff we're going to have to put up with. Sorry. I mean, this is basically a war we're involved in now. You know how tough it was for people in World War II and the sacrifices they had to make? If, if not seeing baseball and having to watch something else on TV is a sacrifice, okay, well, I guess that's what it is. I, I, I think we'll live through that, and that's the point, is to live through this. And, and, you know, live to fight another day in 2021. So uh, I, I think that's going to be an interesting part of this is, you know, how, how teams react early in the season based on the results. And, of course, every game is going to be so much more important. And I was thinking about this today, Joe. The Washington Nationals won the World Series last year, right? Right. They, they started off 19-31. and 31. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be done this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it just uh, well, the whole perspective of this game and how you look at things is just totally changed this year. Yeah, I mean, if the Giants played like they did last year, I think it was in July. Remember how hot they yeah. were before the yeah. trade deadline? If they play like that, they're definitely going to be in contention. You know, you mentioned the money part too, and that's a huge factor for a lot of players that don't make, let's say, Buster Posey right. type money. Uh, so. To me, that that's something that it's really hard for these guys to grapple with that decision. And and Henry Shulman from the San Francisco Chronicle actually put out an interesting tweet about how the Giants could think about paying Buster Posey, even though they don't have to. Maybe they would. Uh, he made the comparison to Madison Bumgarner when he had the dirt bike accident. They could have just uh, not paid him at that point, but they decided to go ahead and do it. Uh, but you wonder about the precedent that is set. If you do that for Posey, then what if some other player like Brandon Crawford opts out? Are you paying him too? Then you know, then you open up a whole can of worms. Yeah, and and again, that's dollars and cents. But you know, if, if Brandon Crawford for example, decides with his young family that it's not worth it. Who would blame him either? And, you know, if the Giants make that decision, they make that decision. They, they seem to be financially well off enough that they can handle it. And, and in the end, you know, they, they garner more goodwill that may turn out to be a, a better deal down the line for them and, and for the fan base. So, uh, yeah, it might be a slippery slope for some players, but I, I think big picture, we're talking a relatively small amount of money. I mean, it's not chump change for sure. It's something that gets your attention a little bit. But uh, I mean, long term, uh, I don't think a lot of fans would, would be too worried about that. And I think, you know, a guy like Buster Posey, a guy like Madison Bumgarner, a, like, a guy like Brandon Crawford, who have built up some equity in this game, who have rings, uh, you know, they're at a different level than certain other players when it comes to that. Uh, you know, by the way, I was there in the dugout when Madison Bumgarner first talked to reporters after the the dirt bike accident. Uh-huh. What was in 2017? And, you know, I was talking to people later about this, and maybe it was on the air, that, you know, they weren't going to cut his salary for what he's done for no. that organization. And he was such an incredible bargain. What kind of message would that send? And, you know, it certainly affected, I think, in the end, where he ended up. And, and you know, maybe Bumgarner wanted to, you know, leave anyway. But, you know, this was a situation where a guy had, again, built up equity with his team. So I, I think, in the end, all they wanted him to do was go out and talk to reporters. Like, okay, you did this, so we're not going to cut your salary or anything, but you go out and explain it to reporters. And he did that, and he did a pretty good job of it. 
Uh, it's a, a mistake that uh, I'm sure he regrets to this day. But in the end, maybe it didn't affect how, how he ended up in Arizona because he's got property down here. But I think, again, you've got a different class of players there when you're talking Posey, Bumgarner, Crawford, uh, guys who have brought World Series championships to San Francisco. We'll continue the conversation with Ray Woodson in just a moment. We all know that solar systems make financial sense and environmental sense. And when it comes to choosing the best installation crew in the business, Sun First Solar should be your first choice. Sun First Solar has provided solar excellence since 1984. They are Sun Power Elite Commercial and Elite Residential Installers with a reputation for technical excellence, innovative design, fair pricing, excellent customer service, and end-to-end quality and competence. Sun First Solar is a family business devoted to treating their employees, customers, the community, and the environment with respect and they are devoted to renewable energy and sustainability throughout the Bay Area. There is no roof or project that is too complicated. Sun First has successfully installed solar on Spanish tile roofs, metal roofs, and very steep roofs. They also have extensive experience in solar ground mounts and solar pool heating. Competitive pricing, expert consultation, and the best warranty. Go local and get your Sun Power solar system from Sun First Solar today. Call Sun First Solar at 415-458-5870. That's 415-458-5870. You know, when you think about the, the game, Ray, with no fans in there and uh, cardboard cutouts, I guess, of, of fans, <laughs> it, it is going to be strange. And they're talking about uh, piping in crowd noise, uh, You know, which I could kind of understand maybe – on the uh, telecast, you know, because basically this is all for television, so you're trying to enhance that part of it. But what about for the players? I mean, maybe it'll pump up some players. Anthony Rendon came out and said that it was stupid, you know, to have crowd <laughs> noise piped in there. Uh, so what do you think of it? It, it is going to be strange. you got no fans, but you got, like, fake noise coming out. I don't know if that helps a player or not. Yeah, I guess it depends on the noise, right? <laughs> you know, but maybe <laughs> – Maybe we'd throw some, throw in some hecklers, you know, two or three hecklers. <laughs> Be good, right? <laughs> maybe maybe that'll make it a little more like the real experience. There's just no way you're going to be able to recreate that. There just isn't, and that's again part of what you have to deal with this year. And I think for most players, yeah, the, the idea of crowd noise maybe that's kind of dumb. But when you're playing the game, it's going to be a little weird. But you have to get used to it, and you're still competing. All right, so uh, to me, the focus will still be there no matter what. Uh, there's just going to be a whole lot of quirks uh, to this year. There's going to be a whole lot of anomalies. There's going to be statistical anomalies. Guys are going to get off to hot stuff. There'll probably be a 400 hitter this year. Who knows? Right. So, uh, you know, that, that, that's just part of the landscape. And why I think as a player, you're, you're kind of putting an asterisk to this season. But I think a lot of the players also feel like, well, whatever it is, the setup is, I'm just glad we're back on the field. And a lot of these guys were training a long time in the off season, and you're going to find out who the professionals are. I mean, you know, they'll they'll make comments about how stupid it is, but how how are they performing on the field? Uh, what kind of shape are they in? From the looks of it, a lot of these guys just did their work and and tried to prepare as best they could for a season, even though it's not the the usual rhythm they have in, in a regular season. The guys who are focused, the guys who are in shape, I mean, those are going to be the real pros and trying to do this while also being safe. You know, trying to do this when they can't spit. 
Right. <laughs> right. Trying to do this when they can't high five their their teammate when he hits a walk off home run. <laughs> it's a whole new world. Yeah, it's going to be different to watch. You know, the other day, Ray, I was watching some golf on uh, Thursday, and Jordan Spieth on Golf Channel. They caught some great audio of him with his caddy, and you know, He's he hit a talker. Yeah, he, I mean, he hit the ball too far. The wind took it. He thought he hit it right on the number, the right club, everything, and it went over the green. So it was just the best audio that you could have. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you read about Bryson DeChambeau, the previous tournament, being worried about his brand because they caught him being, you know, I guess basically yeah. Yeah. a petulant child when he had a mistake on the course. Yeah. Uh, but I actually think it helps your brand if people see how human you are. And I'd really like to see that in baseball. I'd love to see, you know, some microphones. They need to, to you know, spruce it up a little bit as far as the telecast with no fans in the stands. People can't go to the game. Why not have it so that players are mic'd and maybe you know maybe it's edited it's it comes on after the fact so you don't have any swearing but i think it really enhances the broadcast a lot well you know these games are pretty well mic'd up already aren't they i mean so uh, what you're going to have is better acoustics to hear some of these players true yeah yeah maybe you mic up uh, a player here and there i don't know how many of them are going to be into that uh, during a game that just kind of makes it more seem more like an exhibition than it already is, and it already seems like an exhibition in the atmosphere when you have no fans out there. Uh, so I, I don't know what that does as far as the overall competitive environment, but I'm, you know, I imagine there'd be some players who would uh, agree to that, and you know we'll, we'll find out who the good guys and the jerks are. But you know whatever <laughs> case may be, uh, it'll be entertaining if they're they're able to do that. I, but I, I don't know how extensive something like that would be. All right, so the catcher options without Buster Posey, uh, it's going to be really interesting because you've got uh, players like Tyler Heineman, Rob Brantley, who's 30 years old. He really hasn't done much in the last few years. Uh, Heineman's 29 years old. Got another guy, Chadwick Trump, who everybody better pronounce his name correctly or I'm really going to get mad. Um, <laughs> he, he was a Reds prospect. And then you've got Joey Bart, who the Giants, you know, and Farhan Zaidi has already said, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion that he would just step in and be the starter. And you got Patrick Bailey, who they drafted. They drafted another catcher just this year. And who knows? Maybe he gets a shot to play. I mean, there's some options. And Zaidi even said that uh, they'd look outside of the organization for a veteran. So a lot of decisions uh, to think about here. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to have to pick up somebody else from outside the organization uh, in all likelihood. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the Chadwick Trump story. Here's somebody who came, he, he played in Aruba, you know, as a, as a youngster. And, and then he was, uh, I think, in Korea for a little bit, if I, I'm looking at the timeline correctly. But, I mean, that, that'll be the interesting part. Who gets a, gets a shot that normally wouldn't get a shot and takes advantage of it? I mean, it's going to be a huge loss, obviously, without Posey, although the bat has, has fallen off the last few years. What he gives you behind the plate defensively and as far as handling a game and calling a game and handling pitchers, it's going to be a huge loss, especially in this short season when every pitch is going to be that much more important. So uh, that, that's, that's something that's going to hurt the Giants, at least on the field, a great deal, I think, this year. So whoever else you get, they're just not going to measure up to Posey. That's just the way it is. Uh, Rob Brantley, Tyler Heineman, you know, maybe they get somebody outside the organization. I don't think Bart is in the picture this year, uh, unless you know they they feel like 
there's some advantage to having him get some at-bats later on in the season. I don't know if they want to start his major league service clock right now. I think they'd just like to see him progress as he normally would have anyway and just look at 2021. And of course, Patrick Bailey, who's, who's just drafted way too young to be considered right now. It's funny, though. I mean, you looked at the, the Giants about a week ago. You looked at their catching situation and figured they're golden. Right? right, they've got the present with Buster Posey. They've got the near future with Joey Bart, one of the top catching prospects in the game, and then the young guy who was the top, one of the top catching prospects coming out of the draft. So you figure they were covered <laughs> for a while, but not so much for this year. The good news is you have some veteran pitchers, you know, starting pitchers who, in a shorter season really could make a difference. I mean, Johnny Cueto, uh, we really don't know what to expect from him. I mean, he's healthy again, uh, but in a shorter season where he can kind of give everything he's got every start, that could be helpful. And Jeff Samarja, I mean, he was pretty good last year. So, uh, you know, I'd give them a chance, uh, especially in the shorter season when you have the older veteran guys who tend to get banged up over the course of the longer season. Maybe that helps. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, pitching depth is always important. It's going to be an interesting factor this year as pitchers have not had as much time, you know, to ramp up uh, as, as they might normally. And, you know, in a regular competitive situation, we've got a couple of weeks, basically, of spring training 2.0 here. So who's going to be ready to go? Kevin Gaussman, who I think was a pretty good pickup for, for Farhan Zaidi. Uh, yeah, and then you look at the bullpen. Uh, and by the way, I mean, we're going to have universal DH this year, because, partly because of the concern over pitcher safety and not being able to, you know, ramp up as far as getting swings. And they don't get many swings to begin with as far as, as you know, pregame, as far as spring training. So I, I get having the DH for this year as a player safety issue. Uh, I know that a lot of people feel like once they get the DH in, it's not going away, and that's that's quite possible. But I think for this year, it does make sense. So, I mean, pitching staffs and how they're handled is going to be different this year. And it's about a little less wear and tear on these guys, a little less switching around on, on bullpens. And, uh, you know, maybe that'll work to the advantage to the teams that do have the stronger pitching staffs. And I think the Giants were going to have a decent pitching staff this year, even without Bumgarner, although I think Bumgarner is still a big loss for them, especially pitching in that ballpark. But I, I think a guy like Gaussman is going to really benefit from, from pitching at Oracle Park. And I, I think a couple of other guys as well coming into this situation. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this pitching staff. I think it's going to be the key to whether they're – a contender in this short season or not, because I don't see them putting a lot of runs on the board once again this year. No, I mean, a couple of players that I think are keys on the offensive side that uh, really brought a lot of life to the lineup last year, Alex Dickerson and Mike Yastrzemski. I mean, uh, both kind of came out of nowhere, and if they can continue that, it's going to help a lot. I think the DH uh, will give an opportunity to Pablo Sandoval probably to get more at-bats, especially from the left side of the plate, and Hunter Pence, you know, more at-bats as a DH uh, hitting lefties. So, you know, maybe that gives the offense a little bit more oomph. Yeah, I I don't know exactly what to expect from the Estremski this year. That You know, it's a breakout year, but for an older player, uh, as far as the prospect to time continuum is concerned, uh, you know, does he kind of fall back to earth a little bit this year? I think some regression would be expected there. But we'll see. Uh, you know, maybe he'll, he'll continue to surprise and provide some more pop. Dickerson was basically their most productive hitter for a while there. 
in, in 2019, but he's had injury problems throughout his career, and you have an injury this year, and what normally would be like a two-week injury, now it looks like half the season. So uh, the, the players who get hurt, that has an even bigger impact for, for this year. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's certainly somebody who could provide some pop. And, yeah, I, I think Pablo and Pence uh, are the guys for the DH. Uh, you know, everybody loves to talk about Pablo's girth. And there was a very unflattering right? picture that went out there, Joe. Right? And it's like, okay, well, I've seen that picture in spring training before. This is deja vu to me. <laughs> right. The guy is still a, a heck of an athlete. And he can play different positions. And, you know, he was a pretty effective hitter last year, too. So uh, he's still a guy I want on the team. And, you know, he provides a little energy as well. So uh, I'm way past talking about Pablo's weight now and things like that. He's had a major league career. He doesn't cost the Giants anything. He was a plus player for them for the most part last year. And, you know, again, a guy who has some equity in San Francisco contributing to championships. It's going to be interesting. I just hope we can make it through the entire season. I'm, I'm very uh, skeptical about that. But, uh, Ray, you know, can't wait for it to get underway on the 23rd. And uh, we'll be watching it closely for sure. Yeah, uh, I hope that they can get through this safely. That's number one, safely. Uh, you know, they've had some testing issues. Uh, several teams have had to delay workouts because of uh, testing snafus. They have a lab in Utah. I guess they've got one at Rutgers now. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. They're going to have constant testing. And, you know, uh, part of me wants to see that done and, and done on a regular basis and have these players watched very closely and have the, the, the safety and the health of not only the players but staffs of these major league teams be a primary consideration if problems develop, then if we got to shut the season down, that's what we got to do. But another part of me says, you know, it, it'd be fun to have baseball. It'd be a nice little escape. But you're talking about testing players and staff members and getting a quick return on the test because that needs to be done. But here in Maricopa County, Arizona, you've got people waiting in cars in 110-degree heat in lines for 8 to 10 hours to get a test. Man, right, so you sometimes wonder if uh, this preferential treatment for a certain group of people is worth it. Uh, you know, in 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 part, I would say if you're going to do this and you have the financial wherewithal to do it, like Major League Baseball does, well, yeah, you bet, damn well better do it the right way. But another part of me says there's a whole other group of people out there who have to wait for hours to get a test, have to wait a couple of weeks in some cases to get the results of their test. So if, if, if that's an issue here in Major League Baseball, and they have to shut it down, and those resources have to go elsewhere to other people, uh, I'm not going to get upset about that. But I, but I hope. I hope we can play this game, and I hope we can do it safely. And, and I hope they can get through the season because that means that, you know, the, the virus didn't spread through this group of people and people got a little bit of entertainment during the time when maybe they're locked down. Yeah, and, and it, al- it also shows that baseball uh, accomplished something that maybe Americans can accomplish, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's something to aspire to. But what we need is we need a single message. We need a single goal. It can't be so fragmented or we're not going to beat this, all right? I mean, we can't move forward unless we beat this or at least control it. And, you know, that's 
that's not just up to our leaders. It's partly up to our leaders. We were talking about this in March, Joe, that we needed our leaders to step forward, and they weren't stepping forward. And we're still in that same boat, and now we have 136,000 people dead in this country. It just blows my mind. So if people haven't been taking it seriously up to now, uh, I think the virus doesn't care. They're going to have to. And so we are, not only the leaders have to take responsibility, but we as individuals do as well. All right, Ray. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. And look forward to talking to you during the season. All right. Thanks, Joe. That's former KMBR talk show host Ray Woodson. Join us again next week for another edition of Inside China Basin from the Believe Podcast Network. For now, I'm Joe Castellano from thesportsvirus.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.